0: in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? It's it's an easy question to ask, but it's actually not that easy to answer. Anyone who's, uh, for example, participated in a dramatic representation of those events 2,000 years ago, you know that just how many people were involved. There's a huge list of them. And it would be quite an effort just to go through those. And if you think from them, who on earth would have bumped into Jesus, whether it's on that Sunday as he rode triumphantly into Jerusalem on a donkey, or whether they encountered him in the temple, whether they encountered him as he was praying in Gethsemane, and of course when he was arrested and had that summary trial and was executed barely 12 hours later. And if any one of those people said, could you tell me what, what's actually happened? It'll be difficult to give an answer. There were certainly loads of Jewish pilgrims. They were piling into Jerusalem for the Passover. But then, of course, there was the religious elite, the priests who ran the temple, the Levites, all those who were in Jerusalem. And they certainly came across Jesus and were determined to get rid of this upstart rabbi from Nazareth who kept challenging their authority. And then there were Jesus, his own disciples, and let's not forget also Mary, his own mother, rather confused, a bit bewildered by events that had sort of spiraled out of control. And then, of course, there were just ordinary people, business people, shopkeepers. They were just going around their normal daily life and What was happening didn't quite fit into their understanding of God. And then there were soldiers. There were the temple police who must have thought when they came on duty that morning it's just going to be another ordinary day. Then there were Roman officials, those who had the task of looking after Jerusalem because Jerusalem Then, as now was a bit of a tinderbox, and the slightest spark, the danger was that the whole thing could go up in flames. So they were used to making snap decisions to keep the population under control. And finally, there were a clutch of prisoners on death row, just waiting for their execution. But had hope because it was Passover, the great Jewish festival. And by custom, Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, would always release one of them on an amnesty, and they were holding out for hope against them because Rome liked to be considered as kind, benevolent, even if they were the occupying power in Israel. Now, if all of those were to be saying, could you tell me exactly what's happened they would have given a variety of answers about this man, Jesus of Nazareth. Some of them would have seen, well, nothing unusual, just one more public execution by this occupying power that we're desperate to get rid of. Another execution by this repressive regime. But there were others who would recognize... Faith, they would say, do you know, something extraordinary has happened in our midst? Something of a stupendous nature that actually has changed the course of human history. Which brings us, really, to now. If we were to go to Exeter High Street, you go to the local pub, or you go to Tedburn, St. Mary, wherever you were to go and say, could you tell me what has been going on today with this man Jesus of Nazareth? I think we'd find the same mixture of responses. Now, now, as then, there will be a mixture of ignorance and indifference. But there would also be faith, a recognition that what happened 2,000 years ago has changed the whole course of human history and actually affects us now ourselves today in a unique way. Now, the accounts of the last week of Jesus' life, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, his prayer in Gethsemane, and his arrest and eventual execution by the Romans, were the very first parts of the gospel ever to be written down. We call them passion narratives, or passions for short. Because they revealed the passionate love of God for his world, which is revealed in and through the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, today, the word passion, it it carries a sort of erotic content, doesn't it? Talk about passion, you talk about lurid exposures, either in the tabloids or on social media. But actually, our English word passion comes from the Latin passio, and that word means suffering. These ancient texts are called passions because they read God's amazing transformative love revealed to us through the suffering of Jesus. I don't know whether you know, but uh, before I was a bishop and I've been a bishop for uh, 15 years, nine of them have been spent here in Exeter, just about to start my 10th year as Bishop of Exeter. And I used to be a vicar in North London, and in that part of North London, it was Predominantly a Jewish area, and I really got to know our local rabbis really well, and one particular, my local one. And I remember um, walking down the street with him, and uh, he said to me, "You know, Robert, I think I think you Christians have got a much stronger sense of the compassion of God than we Jews have." And that was an extraordinary statement coming from a man who had lost a lot of his family in the concentration camps. And in all the years that I knew him, he never showed a fraction of any bitterness about it all. And then as we walked down the road, he actually then added something else. He said, I think it's got something to do with the cross. And then he immediately shut down the conversation. I think he was a bit embarrassed by what he had said. Yeah, it has got he has got something to do with the cross. At the heart of our faith is the cross. The cross of Jesus. And each Palm Sunday, we bless palm crosses and we hold them in remembrance of what happened 2,000 years ago. For that moment of that triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which wasn't on the back of a war horse, a white stallion, as Pete said, no, it was on the back of a common, ordinary donkey. This man came in peace to his people. And we take these palm crosses home, and I don't know what you do with them. Perhaps you put them up in the kitchen, over your bed, or by the front door in your car, or perhaps you use them in your Bibles as a bookmark. And we, when I use them, I always, during this particular Holy Week, when I say my prayers, I hold them in my hand to remind me, of that amazing love of Christ. But they also remind us, I have to say, not simply of the love of Christ. They also remind us of human fickleness. Because one minute the people are shouting out, Hosanna to the Son of David! Hooray! Hosanna! And the next minute those same people are shouting out, crucify. Crucify. We have no king but Caesar. There's no escape from the cross, but of course we do try to. We do run away from it. It is so uncomfortable, it's disturbing, and it really challenges human complacency. And yet, as my local rabbi understood, the cross speaks to us supremely of the compassion of God. If you want to know what God is like... Look at Jesus and look at him crucified, because when we look at Christ crucified, we find God looking back at us. And how does God look at you? God looks at you with love and tenderness and forgiveness and compassion. That's what we see in the face of Jesus Christ. And one of the extraordinary things about when we do meet Jesus Christ, we find the God who suffers with us and in a way that I can't fully explain, for us. But why did Jesus die? Well, there's another difficult question. One One Easter, we had uh, a Sunday Times reporter who came to us, and our church, like yours, had loads of kids, and it was terrific. And she went and interviewed all the children at a Sunday school and bombarded these poor youngsters with loads of questions. And one of the questions she asked the children, why did Jesus die? Now, that's a difficult question to answer. If, if I were to say to you, can you tell me, why did Jesus die? Difficult one to answer. What I don't know what you would say, but after a long silence, uh, this kid put up his hand, and and she said, yes, why did Jesus die? He said, did he forget to wait for the little green man? (laughs) Evidently, road safety education had played a much bigger part than all my talks that I'd given. But why did Jesus die? Was it because of what God, his heavenly Father, had decreed, then Jesus was obedient to that. Yes, that's certainly a traditional answer. But I'd go further also and say I think Jesus suffered because the picture of God that he embodied in his very self in which he communicated to people, it threatened the religious elite, and they were determined to get rid of him. Because when Jesus taught, he spoke so intimately of God. He called God Abba, the old Aramaic word for Daddy. He spoke to people about a God of endless compassion, with a special care for the outcast, with a special care for the oppressed. The longing of Jesus' life was to make this God known to all people, and many people, particularly those of the religious intelligentsia, it was too much for them. Get rid of this rabbi. When I am lifted up, says Jesus, and the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. John chapter 12, verse 32. And here's the paradox. Although crucifixion is one of the most horrendous punishments human beings have ever invented, through this death on the cross, when we look at Jesus Christ, we find ourselves drawn to this and we find God looking back at us. So our task is to make ourselves, allow ourselves to be attracted to this wonderful, wonderful God, this loving, compassionate God. And we discover, to our surprise, that we are transformed by the encounter. The poet, uh, William Blake, wrote, We are put upon this earth a little space to learn to bear the beams of love. We each have one life to live. This is our go. It's not a practice run this is it. And we're here to learn to bear the beams of God's love. So, on this Palm Sunday, as we take home these palm crosses in remembrance of this day and Christ's transforming love, let's pray for grace that we may be drawn closer to God this Holy Week and Easter. And let us pray for grace that we too may learn to bear the beams of God's love. Amen. So as we sit here, let's just pause in prayer a moment, and let's pray that God indeed will touch our hearts. Heavenly Father, on this Palm Sunday, as we give thanks to you for your Amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. As we bear these palms in our hands, may they be also imprinted on our hearts. And we pray, Lord, that we may be faithfully walking the way of the cross this week. And we pray, Lord, that you would walk with us and transform our lives. So may we be your witnesses in the world, now and always. Amen. Well, we gather now for Eucharist, so we stand as we're going to share the peace together. So, can I invite you to stand?